0: Here we go. Happy Friday. Happy middle of April to everybody out there. It's another Nudge Coach Happy Hour. I'm Phil Bean. I'm here with the one and only Mac underscore Gamble. That's his real name. Um, So, you know, here we are back at it again. Uh another interesting week in the coach universe. I was gonna coach averse it or something, but that sounded weird in my head. So coach verse That could be something, right? Could be. Um so lots of stuff going on. For one, I'm building a house in South Carolina right now and I currently live in Virginia, so my life is very complicated. He has a um, hammer
1: in his hand right now. He is, right. he is hammering and screwing in.
0: Yep. yep. I've got the like extendable arm. Like I'm one of the incredibles I'm screwing in uh, screws in South Carolina with one arm while I sit here podcasting in Richmond, Virginia. Um, Been getting a hell of an education on (laughs) how complicated it is to procure material, building materials in 2021. Um, So my advice for everyone out there, if you're trying to get a window, don't hold your breath. If you're trying to get some lumber, it's going to cost way more than you expect. And generally speaking, don't try to build anything right now. Uh, maybe that's what a little I bit more
1: difficult time to build something for sure. More difficult time to build something.
0: No, it's going great. We're very excited about it, but it may be a while. I'll put it that way. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I've talked enough about myself. Mac, what's going on in your world?
1: Uh, well, I just heard the washing machine stop. That that's probably the most relevant thing that's happened in my life today. Very exciting, (laughs) or the the newest, I should say. So that that's going on. It is Friday though, so there's probably a date night in my future. There's, I think we're gonna do sushi tonight. So I'm pumped about that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier's on tonight. I'm a big Marvel nerd. Anyone that knows me, so yeah, I probably play golf at some point over the next few days. So I mean, it's hopefully the cold weather's behind us and we can actually enjoy life
0: outside. That's right. I think you went to a Did you go you went to a vineyard last weekend, didn't you?
1: Did. Went to <laughs> uh went to Pippin Hill on Charlottesville. That's awesome. Know. Anyone that hasn't been to Charlottesville, it's like a hidden gem. And I mean it's not like California wine country or Oregon wine country, but it is pretty Virginia has something like a couple hundred wineries. People don't realize that. Like we actually have a ton of wineries in Virginia.
0: Yeah. Oddly enough, we went to a, a vineyard last weekend too. We were at Upper Shirley.
1: Oh uh-huh. yeah. We Basically were, the same wine. Yeah, we exactly. <laughs> Michael Shaps doing them both.
0: <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah, we just popped over. It's actually close to our apartment over here, so easy for us to pop out. Yeah, I
1: guess you're. I guess you're like ten minutes closer than we are. What is that like 30, 40 minutes from you? It's
0: like twenty. What? No yep. way. We no get way really fast. We literally pop right onto the road that goes out there.
1: It's if like, you drive ninety five miles an hour on the way out there, potentially. <sighs> Double the speed limit. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a good place. They've got a, a
1: good place too. Um, mm-hmm. Completely disconnected from the topic we're talking about today, but wineries. We should have a separate podcast on talking about wineries.
0: Virginia wines with Mac. Virginia and wines coming soon. Um, okay. Well, good week though. Um, we've been busy. We've had Mac has been very distracted by a certain large conversation with a certain large healthcare company um so we certainly had a lot going on but um yeah interesting week all in all i think we were going to dive into though something that we got into in our office hours last week and if you're wondering what the hell office hours Nudge coach office hours is every thursday at noon eastern time uh where we're hopping on one of these really unstructured but just jumping into one specific thing in the platform to walk through totally open for anybody to join Uh, so if you want some FaceTime with me and a rotating cast of characters, Mac may even show up, um, pop in every Thursday, noon Eastern, but we talked about tracking last week and just had to set up some basic tracking configurations in the platform. And I thought it might be time to refresh kind of our conversation about setting up tracking and accountability, things to think about the role that tracking plays kind of in a larger program and, uh, the way coaches are using them. So.
1: Yeah. The role of tracking is something I think that evolves over time too, because I think what we've seen is as coaching has gone more and more online, the way in which accountability has been structured, I think is changing. And I remember years ago when we first started, how many coaches we would talk to that were still using spreadsheets. And I think we're very, very laser focused on granular information and I believe what's kind of happened is there's been a bit of a transition to, and, and hopefully I think, at least I'm, I'm hoping this is happening more than it probably is actually happening, but a transition to more of kind of simple accountability. Like maybe we don't need to know every single bit of data point surrounding our client. Maybe we can think about simpler experiences. And so I think what I, we feel, what, what I feel like we're starting to see a little bit is that understanding where creating, you know, the, the, what do we say? The act of tracking shouldn't take longer than the actual behavior you're trying to enforce. (laughs) So um, good example is always nutrition tracking. I am, you know, very much a big believer in this, you know, the complexity or the more you can simplify an experience the longer kind of the duration you're going to have a person engage with you. So something like nutrition tracking, yes, you could have a person journal every single thing they put in their body, Mm -hmm. maybe a thing to do for them with, for the first week. But I think after that, creating simple yes, no questions of each day. Hey, did you follow the nutrition protocol? Um, did you have a healthy day to day? Did you get at least X servings of vegetables? Yes or no? And that same concept works for any style of coaching. I think it's just reevaluating how, we're, how accountability looks in more of a tech enabled client base.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. I, I think what we do a lot, we coaches, the royal we,
1: the Royal week, all
0: of us, all of us coaches. Cause I talk, I speak for everyone, obviously. Um, <laughs> what we tend to do, I think is we get obsessed with the data, right? Like, Oh, I'm not doing my job right. Unless I get a boatload of pretty data showing up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that turns into kind of building a program around kind of my kind of data desires rather than And this is a great sin in the year of the client experience, but rather than considering, you know, that there's a client on the other end who has to experience this day to day. And that's, I think where it starts is that understanding that, Hey, it's not about me. It's about them trying to get from A to B. So yeah. While that really granular data might be valuable to me Mm -hmm. for a week, do I really need it after week one? That's the question to ask yourself because it, I think a good maybe other rule of thumb on top of what you've already said, which I think is a, a one that we've used before and that is hugely valuable mm-hmm. in terms of just like it, it can not be more complicated to track than to actually yeah. change the behavior. Um, but I think a, another kind of good one is unless you're going to do something specific with that data, you probably shouldn't ask for it.
1: God, that is, I can't tell you how much that is overlooked. And in so many conversations I have with coaches and coaching businesses, it, it, it kind of is perplexing to me because I, I, you know, we've all been there. I, and I always reflect back on when you're in school, you know, there was always the teacher that didn't check homework and everyone knew it. And so you pretty quickly stopped doing the homework and the same, I think, applies with clients. If you have them tracking 20 different things, but you're only referencing one or two doesn't take long for them to stop tracking the other items and I, I it's something that you'd be shocked i still see that in a lot of conversations i have
0: yeah so i mean just kind of let's get into the the details a little bit here cuz you know we can be talking pretty broadly about tracking there's different ways to do accountability i mean honestly some of this is the sort of history of this in coaching is basically sitting down once a week or however often and having a conversation about what you've been up to. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like the the throwback to the in-person only coaching days where mm-hmm. we're going to meet once a week. Talk about, uh, let's carry forward the nutrition example. Did you have any cheeseburgers this week? No coach. I did not have any cheeseburgers this week. Okay. Awesome. You should start seeing some progress. Let's look at what else we can yeah. be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, totally get the detailed nutrition, like in in nutrition journaling, is just an easy one to start with because it is so granular. And that's something a lot of people can relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you're doing other types of coaching, there's still that idea of there's some kind of benchmarking activity you need to do. And I, that's where I get like the first week or two weeks, like, yes, I can see that detail. But I think to your point, great example, if you notice, Hey, this person is really their vice is cheeseburgers. Then Maybe you don't need to have them keep tracking every single thing they put in their body. You create a very simple experience to your point of how many cheeseburgers did you eat this week? Or, hey, did you have a cheeseburger today? Yes or no? Or something something that makes it so easy for the client to engage back. And I think that's the challenge I'd put out there to any coach. How easy can you make it for your client to you? And you never can make it too easy. Like always strive to make it easier and easier.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty good rule. So. And, and, you know, that's something like, I like to level set on something like that because, you know, we think about what was happening in coaching like coaching has always been effective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, coaching relationships have always been effective before technology, just having someone to help you stay accountable, be clear about your goals and work with you through that process mm-hmm. has always worked. So like the tracking, the in-between is like, it solves a real problem, right? I can easily keep track of what this client is doing in between sessions Um, I don't have to just take their word for it. You know, each time we have an in-person meeting, that's great. But I think, you know, what I'm trying to kind of get to is there's a balance in between the, Hey, I can't track anything. I'm handling this all on a, on a conversational basis in person and Holy crap. I can track literally anything with this system. Let's track everything. Um, There is definitely a balance in between Mm -hmm. those two things. And I think, you know, you put it in a great way, you know, if it's just one thing that you can handle conversationally, why not? The point is engagement, right? Mm-hmm. The goal should be engagement. Cause if you don't have engagement, you don't have anything. You don't have a program. You don't have a client. Um, They're just talking at somebody at that point. Yeah. It sounds like, I, I feel like people, you know, have a tendency to see the word engagement as sort of a wishy washy thing. But when you think about running a program, especially remotely, um, You know, results are something that comes after Mm. the question, are they Mm -hmm. engaged or not? Because there's no chance your program can have an impact if a client is not engaging with you on a regular basis, just zero. The chances go out the window. I don't care if your program is perfect. You could write the perfect program that would work for every human, make them the greatest salesperson on the planet, the fittest person on the planet. But if it's infuriating to go through, they're not going to get through it. And therefore, nobody is going to get results. Mm-hmm. So that's why we talk about engagement as an outcome a lot on these calls and why we talk about simplicity and all that. Good well,
1: stuff. I think that also ties into what we talked about, I think, last week of why we're seeing a lot of people jumping from learning management systems. And that's the, that's the other thing too, where I'm just, I'm seeing a ton of right now in the calls and that that's been really interesting as I'm kind of on the, with the team on some of these inbound calls that are coming in each week is it seems like there's a lot of people now who are coming to the same realization that online courses aren't engaging. Therefore, they're not able to help clients get the success they need or want. It's time to look for a new solution. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like this is a really big wave that's growing and we're starting to see kind of like the people jumping from Facebook. I think same thing. I mean, I'm at least one column on a week. Somebody's saying that transition. And it, it's something where really people are looking for better ways to engage right now. It seems like that's been the big transition from 2020 to 2021 that I've noticed is people are looking for the next evolution of, or the next generation of engagement and what that means. And I think redefining what that means in the coaching world.
0: Yeah, which is definitely interesting, and and you know, since we're on the topic of tracking an online course, I guess tracking is like you can typically go in and see how many people went through that step of the course, right? Um, How much we want to call that engagement, I don't know. Um, It's something. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely something. So that's good. Uh, But you know, I think there's like in a real coaching relationship. Mm we would tend to call engagement a different thing. There's some form of direct reciprocity to something you're putting out there. Like, okay, I put out a tracker to you. You give me back actual specific personal Mm -hmm. information that is going to help me guide you further. That's engagement. Or um, I send you a message in between to check in, um, specifically saying, hey, I noticed this about your data or hey, remember we're focused on this this week. How are you feeling so far? That kind of thing. Um, and client actually responds to that message directly. That is really engagement, you know, like actually having that direct interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that is actually building a relationship and, and deepening trust where it's honestly, it makes it harder for the client to just quit. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you have a relationship with someone, you don't want to just ghost them. Yeah. It's so it's, easy to ghost an online course that you're going through. <laughs> you know? that, is,
1: that is very true. Very little account, accountability with a course. It and it's funny to me too because if you think about, you know, why people are looking for come come to you as a coach in general, it courses are inherently like almost completely. Um, ill-suited for that kind of relationship if you really think about it because a you're you're talking about someone looking for human accountability they're looking for the additional help and then you have a course which is inherently i think geared for someone who who has maybe that structure that self-motivation doesn't need it and and so you kind of have these conflicting almost ideologies coming together um i don't know it's it's just kind of interesting to me the online course and how we got to where we are right now. And I think now we're just starting to have this kind of realization like, oh, maybe this hasn't been the most effective tool for coaching.
0: Well, I think it comes from kind of the same phenomenon that I was talking about at the beginning. This is a total theory, but I'm going <laughs> to throw it out there anyway. This is, this is take shop with Phil. Um, my take is that it comes from the idea of, hey, I am an expert in this. I'm looking for an easy way to put my expertise out there in the world. Oh, I mean, let's just record some videos and drop them in line. That's easy for me to do, you know, Um, easy on who is sort of the question. Like when you're really running a coaching business, you want to make it easy on the
1: client. Easy on who? That's a good question. You know,
0: not, not, I, and you know, the no wonder LMS companies popped up and started building all that stuff out. They're making it easy on their customer. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, so good on them. Um, the way I, th- I think, and this is, I don't know if this is getting on to- off topic or if this is right on this topic, but I feel like kind of the, the ideal role of something like an online course is kind of like a kind of like the um, higher in the funnel, a more introductory, like here I'm showing you that I have this expertise. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like learning about me as you go learning that I'm trustworthy when it comes to this stuff the next step is like working with me as a coach. I think like it, to me, it always felt like it wasn't the end of the funnel. Like it, it shouldn't be the last thing. Um, there should be more there. Um, kind of a next step in the process, which I'm sure in a lot of businesses it is, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's like the natural fit. Like if you want to build out some, some drip content that's Mm -hmm. educational, that's, awesome and incredibly valuable in your business. I just think it leads up to the point of conversion into, uh, you know, a more structured coaching relationship mm-hmm. where you're working with someone month over month or however you want to structure it. I think that's the best use of it in my yeah. Head.
1: I mean, that's still other than the free plan we have now. It was, that was probably the best lead capture we had for a long time. I think for multiple years, we used that one free course that we had like teaser course that we had. Um, yeah, I I I think you're onto something there. I think it's something where it it can be a great way to kind of build a relationship, show your kind of authority in the space as a stepping stone. I think it as the final kind of the final result, I think that's where we're starting to see people kind of take a step back and say, hey, what what's working and what's not, and starting to make a change. But it like I said, it's wild. I've been on a lot of calls recently and people have just been they they like that idea of scalable content of automation, but they I think they've just realized that's not not the experience that they they're tr- trying to get to, and I think that kind of weaves back into the whole idea of kind of what is the ideal client experience and kind of where that's going, um, and that everyone seems right now to be kind of you know looking reevaluating their client experience and making sure it's something that really kind of aligns with what we're seeing in the industry and what's, and as we talked about with some of these companies like Apple, Peloton, you know, there's resetting expectations for consumers.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, it also, you know, to be fair, it's, it can be daunting to take a step back and look at the idea of coaching people remotely, or at least yeah. especially could have, could have been over the last several years, you know, and I think we've taken a lot of steps forward in terms of, um, you know, how easy it is to provide a layer of accountability working remotely with, with people. So I think we're moving in the right direction. It seems like from what you're saying, those conversations are happening a lot now, which is a very good sign, I think. A
1: yeah. lot. I mean, it, it, it has been pretty interesting as, as I've, like I said, been, been on more and more of these calls with some of our team members out. And people that I probably would not have necessarily first thought would be using a system like ours for this people coming to us that I, I, you know, thought leaders, influencers who I, I think on paper, you would say, Hey, it makes sense. They maybe do public speaking. They also maybe have a course. And, mm-hmm. and I think what we're seeing is a lot are going to this model where they say, Hey, look, I need scalable content, but I need more of that coaching as kind of the premium tier. So they're doing kind of this two-tier approach. And I'm seeing this two-tier approach a lot. Hey, I'm going to take my content, deliver it in more scalable way through something like match coach that I can engage hundreds or thousands of people through group social and content delivery. But what I want to have is the upsell to then take individuals within that that first tier. And if they you know upgrade, move them into my premium kind of one-to-one coaching or their premium tier of some kind. And it seems like we're seeing a lot of people go that direction of kind of this two-tier approach.
0: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm happy to see it Um, which is
1: going freemium as we talked about coach or not freemium or coaches go not all freemium. Some of it, some of it's more even just like low cost, high cost, but
0: yeah. A tiered model of freemium, whatever freemium for coaches. We did do an episode on that. Um, And I, it's exciting to see. I -hmm. mean, I think it's a really sound model. I mean, and you know, selfishly for coaches and program creators, you know, you want a sustainable business (laughs) out of this, especially, you know, We hear a lot of talk these days about the creator economy, the passion Mm -hmm. economy. Um, I think both of those things are directly connected to what I would call the coaching economy. They're both kind of seem to be going in that direction as well to where, you know, creator economy, passion economy, the limitations are you can get stuck in these transactional Mm -hmm. models and just be selling things one off like an online course. Um, And it's, it takes a lot of volume to build a sustainable business with one-off transactions. It just does Mm -hmm. a hell of a lot of marketing and hustle and getting in front of people. But, you know, there is a lot more there, there, if you can create a sustainable model where you're working with people month over month and getting some recurring revenue out of it. And Mm -hmm. so it's not just a creating better experience for client, getting better results for client. It's building a foundation for a scalable business for yourself where you can yeah you can leave that corporate job with some expertise and go out in the world and teach people mm-hmm. um you know what you've learned and guide them to achieve some of the success you've had just do it in a more personable way and a little bit more um sustainable way and you can make a hell of a business yeah, out of it. yeah. i mean you know 10 clients a $1,000 a month is a really good business, you know, 50 clients at $500 a month is a hell of a business. You just start looking at those numbers. They start building on themselves because of the beauty of scalability and systems that you can use to coach mm-hmm. people.
1: Yeah. And I know we touched, touched on this on one of the episodes, but seeing more coaches kind of go, you know, we talked about either you know, scaling your business by hiring more coaches or scaling yourself. And I, I do think we are starting to see more people and maybe it is because we're attracting more that are in more like the creator economy, economy, passion economy that are, you know, maybe came in more as like solopreneurs, more, more kind of almost like entrepreneurism is in a way. And their first thought as they start getting in more of a time crunch and wanting to earn back time is more of like, Hey, scaling operations, scaling technologies, not I'm going to bring in another coach. And so it's been interesting to kind of see that transition too, as we've been having more people kind of go that that route, even to the point we, I know we work with some people that that have over a thousand clients and it's still very much them as how they branded themselves, but it's something where they've brought in operational support and it allows them to engage thousands of people. So it's just different. Like I said, if you think back over the past, you know, six, eight years, as we've had conversations with coaches, seeing these huge trends has been really phenomenal, but I think it's speeding up. Like as we've went through 2020 and now in 2021, I think where we're going to be by the end of this year is going to be almost like a completely different flavor of online coaching from where oh, we yeah. were five years ago.
0: And I think a big part of that is the ability to just simply know what you want, what data you need from a client, be able to create that specific thing as a tracker that's either daily or just the one time you need it drop it into their day-to-day routine and in an app that you have for them and they take care of that you just make sure that you prove you're paying attention Mm -hmm. show that you saw it make a comment of some kind about it um and keep the conversation going i mean it's that being streamlined takes a hell of a lot of burden out of the shit where people were, <laughs> I didn't even mean to cuss, it just came out of me. Um, the, where you're having to chase down like paperwork, mm-hmm. you know, journals, um, spreadsheets, if you were even on that level. I mean, for some coaches, a spreadsheet, was like a, a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how much time is really saved when you just make the simple piece of accountability scalable. Yep. Um, so it's unlocking a lot of those models just by itself, much less, I'm sure you were talking about like, a lot of the other stuff you can do to scale as well, <laughs> but yeah. even just the tracking piece to get back to where we started. Um, it's a big deal. I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And I think too, one thing to keep in mind too with tracking is the, the more you have a person tracking or you have your clients tracking, that's more work on you to have to consume it. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like our think back uh, teachers probably can relate to this, you know, the, having to grade exams, you know, those really long tests, um, where you've got pages of responses, you have to sift through, especially those that are maybe more subjective that you have to analyze a person's writing. It takes a long time. And so if yeah. you're doing something that requires a person to actually journal, just think about that. You're having to read through all these journal entries, how much do you, you know, real realistically, how much time do you have and can you really get through? So I think it's just making sure that your tracking protocol, is kind of, I don't know, fits in several different ways. Get you the information you need to provide great, you know, great feedback and accountability. Mm-hmm. But also, is it engaging? Is it simple for the client to use? It's simple for them to keep, you know, day in and day out, to keep up with. And then, three, does it set a foundation for you to uh, actually grow your business and scale? Because if you had a person journaling every single thing they did each day, be really difficult to manage more than a handful of clients so okay. it's it's you really have to think about this trade-off of what your time investment is going to be just with each client on the administrative side in between clients
0: yeah that kind of thing totally is fine mm-hmm. if you're charging like three grand <laughs> a month for, yeah you know, your program. <laughs>
1: three clients each paying you five grand that's that's <laughs> completely fine
0: <laughs> which if you can pull that off more power to go you. It. God love you. Um, yep. Please use us at nudgecoach.com. We would love to share in there.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's, I, and we do see some high-end models. I mean, not, I think that's, yeah. that's next level for sure, but it, okay. it does make you wonder kind of where it can all go. And I, I think at some point, I still believe everyone's going to be working with a coach at some point. So you that, haven't um, seen
0: the esports coach charging three grand a month yet.
1: That's, that's a funny world, man. I, I would not be surprised if we started seeing that kind of stuff. It, it's just, yeah. I was trying to think of the other types of coaching. I, you know what we have been seeing a lot of, interestingly enough, I've been seeing a lot of coaches and I first encountered this a few weeks ago and I thought it was such a cool concept. I was like, oh my God, we need more of this. And then sure enough, five other coaching businesses, book calls, but it was for people as a like career coaching, those people yeah. that had, were either graduating college and needed kind of guidance and accountability to get a job or those people that are transitioning I had no idea this even existed until a few weeks ago. Now I have probably had at least one call a week over the past month with a new organization coming in like that, which I thought was just, you know, we doing inter- a lot of performance coaching and business coaching, executive coaching,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which has been cool. And I know you talked about this on the mastermind, you get a very different approach to coaching with each facet. You know, each one of yes. these coaching niches is doing things a little bit differently and I think from where we sit, it's so cool because we can kind of be sharing all of these different stories and experiences we're seeing of how this type of this type of coaching niche is maybe handling these types of situations.
0: Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, just the interactions from the last mastermind of like someone who with a nursing background doing a like diabetes focused program, which is just so like in the details, mm-hmm. so protocol oriented. And this is actually, these are both health examples, but someone running a yoga studio trying to create a remote experience. The approaches were just opposite from like the starting point, but having them interact and kind of balance each other out was so much fun. Uh, Much less getting, you know, your, your writing coach in the mix or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, whatever it is. Like these approaches are just wildly different and all kind of bring value to kind of the conversation and I think having that interaction creates some, some, definitely some interesting things, you know, imagine a, someone who's been through a thousand, you know, diabetes prevention programs or a bunch yeah. of weight loss programs, who's been through all the protocol ori- oriented stuff that gets one day, like, Hey, let's schedule a call to talk about how you're feeling today. Like it gets really mm-hmm. kind of take a step back, really you centric. Just different approaches that come out of these interactions between different people. Let's let's journal about how you're feeling rather than have you track your numbers. You know those types mm-hmm. of things. Um, th- these things can create can create new experiences for clients that in the year of the client experience 2021. the, year um, of the client experience. Um, we we can totally get behind, but it's going to be cool to see how it continues to uh, to move forward. I mean. This week, have you seen anything else crazy? I know you've been spending a lot of time on on one particular.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I, like I said, I think the, I just wrapped up an email this morning about the different ways in which you could track nutrition, nutrition on our platform. That's why tracking was so relevant. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's been a lot of it. Also seeing a lot of process flow stuff this week with kind of helping some partners map out, hey, how you're going to be, you know, on you know, how you're going to be introducing this and onboarding clients, which for anyone that is maybe new to us in general, pod, the podcast, YouTube, whatever you're watching this on or listening to it on, that's really 90% of the battle. If you're getting into online coaching, making sure you have a really defined onboarding experience. When I say onboarding, I mean how you're getting a client on your online coaching app platform, whatever you're using, uh, that would be the area in which we have seen partners Either have wildly incredible uh, success or completely torpedo their initiatives by just either having a great or a terrible onboarding experience. And so that's where, you know, I was in a meeting the other day with an organization that we, had, I think we had 12 people on the call just talking about that onboarding experience for, for an hour. And I'm probably going to have several other such. So, not to say you, you need to like go to that type of length, but you kind of do in a way. And I, I think if you're putting your time anywhere, really thinking about those first couple of days in, in the experience is going to be so critical of how a person signs up with you, how they get started with you, how they get started using your platforms, how you set that foundation for success.
0: It really is the whole game. I, I think if you're having trouble with people engaging on day 30, look to the first few days in your onboarding. God,
1: that's so true. If,
0: if you're having trouble with people disengaging in day 90, probably the first place you want to look is those first couple You'll, of days. Still look at day onboarding. one. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's fill much. in the
1: blank. Fill in the blank of which day you're, you're struggling at and just circle back with day one because it's either you either their expectations weren't set, you threw too much at them, there was confusion about the systems and platforms you were using, um, you didn't build a relationship and, and build that kind of connectivity and rapport in the front. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. really kind of always circles back to the same handful of items that we try to outline and harp on over and over again. So rule of thumb, go back to day one.
0: Go back to day one um, and maybe focus on building that connection before you even start with the tracking process, which is where we started today. So how about so that? True. So true Full circle, everybody. Full we did it circle that off the top of our head podcast almost had an actual narrative. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that's just what happened this week. So that's all we do. So anyone that hasn't, hasn't met us before, that's, this is just a recap of what happened in the world of coaching this week. And that's what it was.
0: That's it. Um, so I guess with that, we'll, we'll put this one in the books. That's another Nudge coach happy hour. Again, you can check us out on Apple podcasts. Feel free to give us a five-star rating. If they still do that, that's, that's always helpful, right? Um, Spotify, your favorite podcast app, guys, you know what you use, um, YouTube. We're also on YouTube. I'm going to start posting these on Vimeo as well. If you're just like a Vimeo nerd, why not check us out there? Um, of course they're on a website at nudgecoach.com and you can follow Mac at Mac underscore gamble on Instagram, which is where we do little, uh, teasers and recaps of these episodes every Friday around nine 45, 10 AM Eastern. Um, what I miss anything else?
1: That was it this week. We'll, we'll just have to get through the weekend, see what next week brings.
0: That's right. Create your coaching app at nudgecoach.com. We'll see you next time.